Good evening. Good evening. All right. I think I've got everybody here. <clears throat> uh, appreciate the opportunity to be with you tonight. We're going to be in St. John chapter number three. Um, <clears throat> going to go through uh, first. We probably won't make it. We probably won't even make the first 16 verses. But that's what we're going to read tonight, nevertheless. And we'll see um, how far we get. I apologize last night or uh, last week. Um, my camera went out on me, so uh, I think it did go through. And uh, hopefully tonight will go uh, better as well. <clears throat> but we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I'm not going to uh, take a considerably long time tonight. We've got uh, a lot of ground to cover. Um, and we just uh, uh, want to do uh, the best we can with it and uh, take as much time as we need to. The next several chapters <clears throat> probably going to be multi-parts, so, but we just want to uh, read the entire Word of God. And uh, I know if we do that, then uh, uh, we'll be able to rightly divide it. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this privilege, this opportunity that you've afforded us, God, to assemble ourselves uh, Lord, with you in thy presence tonight. We pray, God, uh, Father, Lord, you watch over us, keep us and care for us. We pray, God, you bless thy word as we open it. Uh, we pray that you revelate it to us, God, that we would rightly divide it, God. We'd be good stewards. Uh, Lord, we pray, God, that you would enlighten us, God, with wisdom and knowledge uh, from heaven above. God, and revelate us, God, as only the Holy Spirit can. Watch over us tonight. We pray, God, Father, for... Uh, those that are sick and afflicted, those in nursing homes and the hospitals, we know that there's a multitude. We know that there are many. We know that there's uh, a multitude of people, God, that's uh, struggling with sickness and disease uh, and the afflictions of this flesh. And we pray, God, Lord, that thy will be done in their lives, God, according uh, to thy perfect grace and divine will. We know uh, that it will be uh, perfect and rightly uh, distributed father help us god tonight god to do thy will uh, we pray most of all father if there's one uh, lord that uh, is listening or will listen god that's never been saved by god's amazing grace i pray that uh, they would come to find the fullness of the holy spirit god and receive jesus to be their personal savior lord we pray that most of all god there's uh, a world full of people god a mass of people uh, that's dropping off of the face of this world and uh, they're lost and undone and hell will be their home. And God, I pray that we would be able to do our part, God, to share the good message and the news of the gospel of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. God, that we might be able uh, to see the masses saved. And God, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. If we ask all these things, blessings and favors in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> all right. Uh, St. John chapter number 3. I'm going to make sure that uh, this audio recorder is running. All right, it is. St. John chapter number three. <clears throat> We're going to read the first 16 verses. Very familiar reading. More than likely, I don't know if we will or if we won't uh, be able to uh, get through all 16 verses. More than likely, uh, we'll not, but we'll see. All right. St. John, Gospel according to St. John, chapter number three, verse number one. There was a man of the Pharisees named, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same, <clears throat> uh, I forgot to turn this. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, 
We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, <clears throat> and thou hearest the sound thereof, but, cannot, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, uh, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to, up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have <clears throat> everlasting life. Familiar text and reading, I know. Uh, <clears throat> so as we just back up right here, we're going to get into this. Uh, and uh, I hope that we would make this <clears throat> uh, as useful as we can. Uh, we love the Word of God. We know that you that are watching love the Word of God, and so we just want to work our way through this. So the Bible says there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, ruler of the Jews. And so I want to say this, uh, just on the outstart. Nicodemus was a very religious man. He was a Pharisee, is what the Scripture tells us. He was of the highest religious order, of the highest religious court of this day and time. He's well knowledge. Um, According to Josephus the, and according to history, uh, in general, to, uh, to be a, a Pharisee, you uh, must know by heart and be able to quote word for word um, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. So he should be very knowledgeable in the text and in the Word of God, not just in the Pentateuch, but everything that follows thereafter. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, these are very, uh, or he is, uh, a highly educated, very religious and so uh, we see where the scripture tells us that this, uh, this man uh, who's named Nicodemus, that he came to Jesus by night uh, and said unto him, Rabbi, uh, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So we hear, uh, we have here that uh, Nicodemus first postures Jesus as rabbi, so he recognizes him as a teacher, as an oracle from God. He understands and he knows and he's full well uh, comprehending the fact that, and like I said, as we've already talked about in the first and second chapters of the book of John, uh, as we see the rise of the Messiah, uh, and as we see the rise of the Messiah, we see his presence known, he's identified to the world, and we see where Nicodemus has come upon here. We just read previously where Jesus had went into the, uh, uh, when he went to the temple, into the, uh, uh, the outer court, the Gentile court, and he turned over the money changers' tables. Uh, because they were making merchandise of the house of God. No doubt, I believe within my heart, uh, the Bible's silent on this, but I just believe just in the following of this right here, uh, uh, in the night thereof or, or close soon after, uh, we have where Nicodemus approaches Jesus because he's inquisitive of what he's done. Uh, and if you remember what I said last week when we finished up chapter number two, when Jesus, uh, when he turned over the money changer's table, 
they didn't act, they didn't get mad. They, the, the reaction and the response from the Pharisees is very uh, foreign to what we think probably how they would have reacted. Uh, but they they knew that this was a prophecy uh, that should be fulfilled from the Word of God, from Malachi, from Isaiah, and from the Book of Psalms. And so we see all those. Uh, we see those things and the zeal that was mentioned uh, of the prophet that was to come. And they knew that this was prophetic of the Messiah. And so they begin uh, to, uh, to quiz him. And if you'll find this in chapter 2, verse number 18, then, then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign uh, showest thou unto, uh, unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Okay, so uh, uh, they didn't run him out. They didn't scourge him. They didn't try and kill him. They were inquisitive about why he was doing what he was doing. They wanted to know by what authority uh, he was enacting. So then we see, we come right here to, we have Nicodemus. He comes to Jesus by night. He says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher from God. It said, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So we see the, the recognition here where Nic Nicodemus is giving credence unto Christ. Uh, listen, he's not professed him as the Messiah yet, but he is inquisitive of, of exactly who he is because he knows uh, that he is sent from God. Uh, and uh, most assuredly, I believe, within the framework of Nicodemus's mind, uh, he thought that... Uh, uh, that Jesus was uh, a coming prophet. And then verse number three, the Bible tells us this, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so now we get into this New Testament uh, language. We see where the New Testament language of born again, born of water, born of the Spirit. We'll get into this in verse number five. Uh, but we see these right here, and I want to draw your attention, and I want you to hear me close as we draw our attention into this. So, uh, uh, but I do want to say this. The word born again in the Greek is the word anathem, which means to be born, literally, to be born from above. Uh, so when the Bible says that you must be born again, the Bible says that we must be born from above. <clears throat> born from above. And this is necessity. Uh, this is a requirement of entrance into heaven. The Bible tells us that we must be born again. There is no exception. There is no clause. Uh, <clears throat> there is... There is no other way that we can fabricate, formulate, or we can cultivate uh, that would be able uh, to make us satisfactory subjects and fit uh, for and fit subjects for the kingdom of heaven. We must be born again, and that is listen. That is exclusive. That is the condition of God's unconditional covenant. God has established an unconditional covenant, and that unconditional covenant is salvific, and it's salvific in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Messiah alone. Amen. Uh, friends, listen, uh, all, uh, all of God's covenants that he established, especially in the old Bible, they're carried forth. They are all fulfilled in Christ. And in the fulfillment of Christ, uh, listen, uh, when we see these conditional covenants in there, and we'll talk about this more at depth uh, tonight, and that's why I'm, I'm going to try not to go uh, too terribly long because I want us to be able to absorb this. And you go back and read it and study it. But the Bible tells us that we are born from above. So there is no substitute. There is nothing uh, else uh, that can fit the war that we'll do. 
Uh, listen, race, creed, color, uh, financial. Uh, uh, listen, it doesn't matter where we stand economically. It doesn't matter where we stand socially. Uh, the Bible tells us, and it is explicitly clear, and this is what we've been talking about and preaching about uh, in the last few days, in the last few months, uh, is we've been experiencing these social unrest and injustice that's transpiring and taking place in our nation, in our country. Uh, friends, listen, this is, this is an attack on superiority. This is people trying to exercise superiority over one race, over one socioeconomic condition or position. But friends, listen to me. When it gets down to the bare bones and we meet all, when we all meet at the cross of Calvary, wherein the ground is level, there is nothing that separates us. There is not skin color that separates us. There is not economic or financial statuses that separate us. does not matter if we're Jew or Gentile. does not matter if we are a barbarian or Scythian is what the word of God says. There's nothing uh, under the sun, under heaven that separates us. The only thing that makes people redeemed is being born again or born from above through the spirit and through the water. We'll get into that here in just a few minutes. But Jesus makes a, a, a proclamation right here. And this is not a new proclamation. This is what I want you to take hold of right here. And I'm going to read through this. We're going to go back and attack it again. But listen. In verse number four, the Bible says, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So here we have an inquisitive question uh, from Nicodemus. And, and I always want to say this, and I've used this text multiple times when I'm preaching. Uh, listen, there's so many people. There are so many people in this world, and they never get saved because they always question why they need to be saved. Why do I need to be born again? But friends, listen to me. If you're going to make your entrance and, uh, and exodus out of this world and entrance into eternal and everlasting life in the presence, in the bosom of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, as Ephesians 1 defines to us, that those that are in Him, if we be in Him by being born from above, uh, friends, listen, we'll no longer ask the question, why do we need to be born again? But we'll ask the question, how? How are we born again? And friends, listen, we need to understand that there must come, there is a, of necessity a place and time in our lives uh, when we have to realize that we no longer ask the question why, but we begin to ask the question how. And, and I want to say this, friends, to us tonight, as we're all studying through the Word of God tonight, uh, uh, listen, we need to understand that we have got to move on uh, to maturity. Listen, uh, we, are, we are studying through the book of Hebrews, uh, some friends of ours, and we attacked the fifth chapter of the book of Hebrews last night when the Bible tells us, uh, listen, we, we get down to the tail end of, of chapter number five, and the Bible tells us, uh, as you address in the first four chapters, the superiority of Christ, that he is greater than the angels. He is greater than Abraham. He is greater than Moses. He is greater than all these things. Then we see where he's born out of. The eternal begotten is born out of and comes in the order of Melchizedek. And the scripture goes on. But as, as the author of Hebrews is writing unto them, he's telling them, saying, listen, I can't even begin to preach on the meat of the word because you're still on the milk. 
So friends, listen, what he tells them is he said that it's time to press on into maturity. We must grow uh, in the goodness and the grace and the knowledge of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are a necessity in the modern New Testament church. We must push ourselves in the Word of God. We must crave and want and desire the Word of God. Uh, friends, listen to me. I promise you that we will never be mature Christians if we only listen to one hour of preaching on Sunday morning. If that's all we do, if that's all the if that's all that we put in, in the investment that we make in our Christian life, we'll never have dividends that will pay back unto us. And I'm not saying that we're in this thing to get something, but friends, isn't there when the Bible tells us in, in the book of Timothy, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. He said, therefore, let every man that nameth the name of Christ let him therefore depart from iniquity. The Bible tells us, He said. Be ye holy as I am holy. There is a significant part that transpires in a born again, born from above creature that has been justified in being sanctified, headed toward glorification. There is a part of us that yearns, desires, and longs uh, for the answers of this life. And the answers of this life are, in the, are contained in the confines and the canon of the Word of God. These 66 inspired books, I believe that they are inerrant. I believe that they are perfect. I believe that they are infallible. And I believe that they also have, uh, listen, the power, uh, to, they have... They absolutely have the power to determine eternal and everlasting life. Uh, and listen, there's only two places in eternity in everlasting. And that is heaven where the redeemed and the born again, born from above, children of God go. Uh, and that, uh, listen, which is called hell, which is separated from God because they have done despite under the spirit of grace. They've rejected the Holy Spirit. They've rejected, repressed, and believed in unrighteousness and rejected the word of God. This is how important that it is tonight. This is how uh, this is uh, this is the necessity that needs to drive the church today, friends. Listen, we are so hung up and caught up uh, in arguing over politics and policies and presidents and senate seats, uh, friends. Listen, I, I, I'm gonna tell you something. I have a concern for our country as well. I have a concern for our leaders as well. That's why I vote. That's why I care for these things. But Ultimately, friends, listen, the presidency, the Senate, the House, the Judiciary Committee, friends, they are not going to be able to solve the problem that is ever prevalent and present in every single individual's life, and that is sin. The only thing that can exalt sin, friends, today is our Savior, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other substitute church. Stop fighting. Stop fighting policy. Stop fighting politics and start fighting the good fight, which is uh, the fight of the gospel. Uh, the Bible tells us, Paul wrote to us in the book of Ephesians, he said, uh, listen, uh, when, when he gives the depiction of a Christian soldier as he sees from his jail cell now, and, and listen, I just want to say this, why is Paul in jail? Paul is in jail for preaching the gospel. Amen. Not doing what he wanted, not, not because he didn't get things the way that he wanted it. And listen, I'm telling you something, friends, today, there are so many people uh, uh, within the confines of the house of God 
Friends, they are, uh, they are, uh, they are so much dis. Uh, all they want to do is sow discord among the brethren. Uh, they're not in this. Uh, they're not in this thing. Uh, listen, to press on into maturity, they're not in this thing to make an investment in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, they, and listen, I read this to you in the book of Proverbs. Six thing does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination. Uh, friends, listen, uh, and paramount in that is sowing discord among the brethren. We need unity in the house of God. Stop pulling and pressing. Stop tearing down the local church, friends. Listen, if the shoe fits, uh, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You need to buck it up and lace it up tight, uh, friends. Listen, and feel how uncomfortable it is and see what you're doing to your brothers and your sisters. Friends, listen, we are in a time in this nation, in this country, where the, listen, we need the gospel far more than we need. Uh, anything else that we can ever perceive or imagine. It's not about what you want. A Christian life was never ever promised in the Word of God to be comfortable. But you see, friends, listen, we've lived into a state of Christianity. If we're not comfortable, then it's wrong. And if it's wrong, we'll just pick up stakes and go somewhere else. And I want to say this, friends, listen. It's time that we come together. Time that we come together. I said this Sunday morning, Chad Dale made mention of this several months ago in the testimony, and, and those that hurt me Sunday morning, you know what I'm going to say. Uh, but, but, you know, there comes a time in our life uh, when it's time that we make investment. It's not what we get out of it, but it's what we put into it. Friends, listen, it's time that we turn this thing around. Now, listen, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get back to you right here. Uh, but listen, the Bible says, Nicodemus saith him, How can a man be born again, uh, born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? Now, I'm going to read through this. We'll go, go back and talk about this, but I want to get to a point uh, right here. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? I want you to pay attention to verse number 10 right here as we read this. Uh, verse number 10, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? You see, friends, listen, when Jesus was speaking unto Nicodemus and telling him that he must be born again, he was speaking of a prophecy that comes out of the 36th chapter of the book of Ezekiel that we'll get to there uh, in just a few minutes. But what... what this is the reason that Jesus responds this way. He said, art, art thou a master and a teacher of Israel? Aren't you a Pharisee and sit in the Sanhedrin? Uh, don't you uh, sit at the elite levels of all things that is religious today, yet you cannot even discern the word of God? And friends, I just want to stop right there and say this. Our churches are full of this. Uh, friends, we can't rightly divide the word of truth anymore. Friends, it's not what somebody thinks about it. It's what the word of God says about it. Terry Head said this, 
Many, many years ago, he said this, and I'll never forget this. Uh, listen, uh, there's an old adage in saying, uh, well, the, uh, well uh, the Bible says it, and I believe it, and therefore it's true. That's a lie. The Bible says it, and it's true. It doesn't. Its truth value does not con- is not contingent on your belief. The Word of God is the Word of God. It is true. It will stand when the world is on fire. Uh, listen, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, my life, Lagos shall never pass away. Friends, listen. The word of God is truth. We must bend and conform our lives to the word of God. It does not bend and conform to ours. So, friends, listen. This is what Jesus is addressing with Nicodemus. He said, uh, listen, Jesus said, you should know exactly what I'm talking about. This is not some new concept because a lot of people, I believe that believe, uh, that people believe in the New Testament, they're being born again, this regenerative language. Uh, listen, in the Old Testament, the regenerative language was used. Go back and read it for yourself. It was called the circumcision of the heart. That's why they had the Gentile court. It was where the Gentiles could come in. Uh, listen, they could, uh, uh, listen, they could, uh, they could hear, read, uh, uh, and be taught the oracles of God. Uh, and the Bible made provision in the Abrahamic covenant that if they believed the oracles of God, especially the males, they could go under the process of circumcision uh, and be united and brought into the nation of Israel. Uh, friends, listen, we need to see, and this is repetitively demonstrated in the Old Testament. This is the process of regeneration. And this is what uh, the Bible is talking about, this regenerative language. Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you should know exactly what I'm talking about. But listen, how unfortunate is it today in in today's modern evangelical New Testament society that the overwhelming majority of our churches do not really, truly, fundamentally understand uh, and practice what the Bible clearly and scripturally teaches that you must be born again. Did not say that you must be baptized to go to heaven or you must uh, pay a percentage of your income and tithe. It didn't talk about communion. It didn't talk about the ordinances and the foot washings. Uh, Listen, and the Sunday suppers. It didn't talk about being faithful on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Uh, Listen, uh, those are things. uh, Listen, they're all good things. They're all wonderful things. And they're all biblical things. But friends, listen. Eternal life is not contingent on those things. Those are things that follow faith. But friends, listen, you must be born again. Now, I want to go back and attack this right here just briefly. Uh, and we'll, uh, like I said, I, I'm not going to make <clears throat> make this incredibly long tonight because I want you to have some study time of your own, not just me. I'm sitting here blurting out uh, for an hour at a time. But the Bible says... Uh, now listen, we'll get to this in verse number five. The Bible says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, walk with us now. You can go to Ezekiel chapter number 36, verse number 24, 25, and 26. I've got all these marked already, so I didn't take too much time. Uh, but the Bible says, 
For I'll take you from among the heathen and gather you out of the countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you an heart of flesh. All right, now I want to talk about this for just a few minutes because there's a lot of people... I believe that they get uh, a little bit confused and twisted on this. Uh, Friends, now listen, we're talking about being born of water and born of spirit. So we see in verse number five, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except except a man be born of water (coughs) and of the spirit. So listen. Born of the water and born of the spirit is a, uh, it's a rephrase of verse number three when he tells him you must be born again. He's saying the same thing a different way. And so listen, there's a lot of conjecture. Uh, listen, there's a lot of people uh, that they, they fluctuate and they're volatile when, when the Bible talks about being war, uh, born of water uh, and of the spirit. Now, I won't talk about water for just a few minutes. There's a lot of people say, well, that's the ambionic fluid. Uh, so when Jesus was talking about uh, being, uh, being born again, he was talking about, uh, listen, the first birth and then the second birth. There's no scripture or textual evidence for that. I'm I'm just giving you the options. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but there's no scripture. No, there's no textual uh, tie to that. Uh, Then there's a lot of people that say, well, this necessitates that somebody must be baptized uh, in order to be saved. Well, we, we have here and we know this. Listen, baptism... Uh, we have the act of circumcision, which was the regenerative language of the Old Covenant. But baptism uh, is not something that comes in in the Old Covenant, but it does come into the New. So baptism is not contingent. The Bible tells us, listen, we have uh, we have scriptural evidence of the thief on the cross. Uh, listen, he had no. Uh, Jesus clearly declared. Uh, the, the thief on the cross said, Lord, when thou comest in thy kingdom, remember me. And Jesus made this declaration, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. In paradise. Today. Today. He didn't have the opportunity to be baptized. Uh, so listen, uh, we, we, can, we can build a sound scriptural textual evidence. Uh, friends, listen, that this is not talking about uh, the efficacy of, of water baptism uh, when it comes to salvation-related matters. So now, listen, we get down to this third option. What is this third option? Well, the third option goes back to Ezekiel 36. When the Bible says in Ezekiel 36, 25, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from your idols will I cleanse you. Now listen, I want to talk about just the water for here just a few minutes. So the Bible tells us uh, in Titus uh, chapter number 3, and I'm going to read this because I didn't mark it. Titus chapter number (coughs) 3, forgive me, my throat's burning out on me. Titus chapter number 3, verse number 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us, listen, by the washing of regeneration. So this is what this is talking about. This is talking about the washing of the water and the word. This is what Peter refers to. He has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is set on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. So friends, listen. 
There's this washing of regeneration. It is a cleansing act. This is what the Bible is talking about. Uh, when the scripture, when the prophet Ezekiel, when he speaks, he says, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. This is a foresight look, uh, talking about the Messiah uh, on that glorious day that, that has come for us and that was coming for Ezekiel and now is uh, for the readers and the hearers of the book of John uh, when he was testifying these things. He said, in the days coming when I will sprinkle clean water upon you, I will cleanse you as the high priest. And so, uh, listen, we get into this temple language all over again. Uh, then we go back to chapter number two because uh, what, what Jesus, uh, I believe that what Jesus reiterates here in chapter number three was our, he said these things because Nicodemus was in the crowd when he made these comments in chapter number two and verse 19, and Jesus answered and said unto them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. So listen, this is the covenantal uh, and, and temple language uh, that is used and, 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 is, uh, and is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read this to you in the book of Galatians. I'm going to read a lot of text tonight. I want to read it. Uh, listen, I'll, I, I never want to be found guilty of doing a Bible study uh, and, and leaving you hanging with what I think. I want you to know what the Word of God says. Amen. I don't know. I don't want you to, uh, to, to to be hung up on those things. Uh, this is what the Word of God says. Galatians chapter number three, verse number thirteen. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, uh, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be uh, but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth, nor addeth thereunto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one unto thy seed which is Christ. The Abrahamic covenant was fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, the Abrahamic covenant was unconditional, but it was fulfilled, uh, listen, in totality and, and to complete fruition. He, 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 listen, he crossed every T and he dotted every single I. It is all fulfilled perfectly and holistically. In the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll have to get some water. So we see this temple language. What's Jesus talking about? <clears throat> if you go back and you understand the temple language, the high priest, when he would enter in, he would sprinkle with water. <clears throat> and as he would sprinkle with water, we see here where this was a cleansing ritual. Uh, we talked about last week, we talked about the water pots of stone. We talked about the cleansing ritual. So the Bible is talking about us, uh, about us being washed in the water of the word, us being cleansed and born from above, purified. Uh, listen, as the book of Isaiah said, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, uh, they shall be as wool. Friends, listen. We've got a promise and a hope in the Lord Jesus. So Jesus, he's coming over here and he's saying, listen, he's saying destroy this temple. And in three days, I rebuilt it. The, Jew, the Jews, then they cut in. They said, well, it took us 46 years to build this building. What are you talking about? I'll raise it up in three days. Then he turns to the disciples and he says, listen, I'm not talking about this earthly physical temple right over here that we're standing in front of. He said, listen, I'm talking about my body. My body is now the temple. 
My body is now the mercy seat. I am the covenant. I am the ark of the covenant. I am the mercy seat. Uh, mercy seat. I am the cherubims that overshadow as their robes come in and they touched. Uh, friends, listen, and they overshadowed the most holy place. Jesus said, I am this place. And because I am this place, he, that's why he tells me, he said, you must be born again <clears throat> or you'll not see the kingdom of God. So Jesus said right here, except a man be born of the water uh, and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now listen, I'm going to get technical on you here for just a few minutes, but bear with me because it's a necessity. Even if you don't care right now, maybe one day that you will, you go back and you listen to this. So when the Bible talks about the Spirit of God in the Hebrew, that is the word Ruach. And if you see uh, the Ruach Elohim, as you go back over uh, in, into the Genesis chapter number 1, you'll see what the Bible says, and the Spirit of God moves, moved upon the face of the deep. That is the Ruach Elohim. Uh, so when we see this right here, we th this is the wind or the breath, the life-giving Spirit of God. This is the Ruach. And I, I want to talk about this because this is so important. And so we see where the Ruach is used in the Hebrew. It's the pneuma in the Greek, which is where we get our word uh, pneumonia. Uh, listen, uh, but that means wind or breath. So we see that the Spirit is the life-giving breath of God. And we have the Ruach Elohim. We have the pneuma. And then we take it a little bit further in John chapter number 14. I've got this marked right here. I'm going to read this verse to you. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring you uh, and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now listen, what, what is the significance of all this? So listen, we have Christ the temple who is indwelt with the Ruach Elohim. Okay, we have the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity. We have the Messiah who is indwelt with the Ruach, the Spirit of God. So, friends, listen, when we have this presence right here, Jesus said, I am now the temple. What is the significance of this? So, friends, listen, the, the Spirit of God only dwelt in the temple and the tabernacle, which was not indwelling in, in, in individual personal lives. Okay, uh, this, uh, this is why Abraham desired to look into our day. Okay, uh, because Abraham, did, uh, he was not indwelt entirely, fully embodied with the Holy Spirit of God. Now, did the Holy Spirit of God lead him and touch him and move him? Yes, but he was not constantly filled and indwelt with the Holy Spirit. That is the significant difference between the old and the new covenant. But we see where Jesus, he said, okay, now, now I am the temple of God. Now, now I want you to hear and see the significance of this. Jesus said, now I'm the Messiah. It's no longer this building, but it's my body that is the temple. And he said, now listen, this temple is indwelt with the Ruach Elohim, which is the wind, the life-giving presence and the Spirit of God. And the Bible says, now I am this. And Jesus tells them, now you go over here and you read this in John chapter number 14. And the Bible says, but when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, uh, when he, uh, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now listen, 
We see Jesus is presented in this way. He is the Ruach Elohim. He is the, the Numa. Uh, he is the Messiah. He's indwelt with these things. He is the temple. So the Bible tells us when he goes to the cross of Calvary and he takes our sin, not his, when he takes our sin and places it upon the mercy seat of his body, he consumes it with the Ruach Elohim, and because he consumes it with the, with the life-giving Spirit of God, and the Bible tells us, the Scripture says, that's what Jesus was talking about. He said, it's expedient that I go, go away. He said, for if I go on away, the Comforter cannot come. We see that the language of the Spirit changes from the beginning of John to the end of John. So we have the Ruach or the, the Numa. Then when I, our sin is consumed upon the mercy seat, which is now Christ, remember this, because he is the temple. So our sin is consumed upon this. He said, when I consume your sin, he said, then I will send you the comfort. See, now the spirit changes. The, the, the presence of the spirit changes. The comforter now becomes the Greek word paraclete. Now listen, where does paraclete come from? Now I want to read to you this. In Isaiah chapter number nine, verse number six, the Bible says, "For unto us, a, uh, for unto us, a child is born; unto us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace." So, listen. The life-giving spirit, when it's fulfilled and consumed in the Messiah, then Jesus says, it's expedient that I go away because once I've consumed all this, then I can send you the comforter and he will dwell in you because ye are now made savable through the work of Calvary. And because you're savable through the work of Calvary, now you yourselves are a temple of God, or a tabernacle of God. And he says, because of that, I will send you the comforter. Now, this is what Abraham desired to look into. Not only is the Spirit now uh, the life-giving breath of God, but now the Spirit has been uh, has progressed into the paraclete, is what the Greek says. And the paraclete is what Isaiah describes as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God and the everlasting Father. He is the indwelling embodiment of God that lives in every saved, sanctified, born-again, justified believer. That's the hope and the inheritance that we have. And I'm telling you, I'm about to shout and run all over my house. Amen. Because if that does not excite a Christian to know what we currently possess, there's no... Listen, you either need to get saved. You just need to get saved. I'm telling you something, friends. Listen, people that can't embrace those things. Now, listen, I, I, I know that I'm getting... A, a, very technical, and you say, well, preacher, I don't want to hear that, but listen, maybe one day you will. But listen, when we see the great, profound significance of the Word of God, it wasn't just a few words Jesus was saying to Nicodemus. He was giving him a profound proclamation. Listen, that's why preachers say I could preach on John chapter 3 all of my days and never get it preached. Amen. Amen. I never get it told. I'll never get it told. But boy, I want to keep trying. Amen. I want to keep trying. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, which we addressed over here in the, in the 36th chapter of the book of Ezekiel. Now listen, now one thing I did miss. In all my excitement, I missed this. 
you know, and we didn't address Ezekiel 36, 26. I'm going to talk about this, and then we're probably just going to cut it off. Listen, <clears throat> Lord have mercy. I ain't got enough, I ain't got enough wind or throat to even uh, get into the rest of this. Uh, but 36, 26, Ezekiel, the Bible says, A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Now, I want to talk to you about this. Ezekiel 36, 26, we see in the Old Covenant, when you entered into the uh, uh, into the most holy place, there uh, abided, like I've already talked about, the Ark of the Covenant. And upon the top of the Ark of the Covenant uh, uh, resided the mercy seat. And above the mercy seat were the two cherubims, and their wings overshadowed in touch. When the sacrifice was made. Now contained, I read this on Sunday morning, contained in the Ark of the Covenant, Aaron's rod that budded, table, uh, listen, there was bread, a shoe bread uh, from the table, and then there were the, the, the tablets of stone. What were the tablets of stone? Those were the Ten Commandments that, that God gave Moses. So when the Bible talks about in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, a new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. So we see this cleansing language, this regenerative language that John is, uh, that uh, Jesus is talking about to Nicodemus in the third chapter and the fifth verse. And then the Bible says, he said, I'll take out of the, uh, he said, I will take away the stony heart. What's he talking about? He said, I'll take away the stony heart. Friends, listen, what he was talking about is he said uh, that I myself, the Messiah, when I'm indwelt with the Ruach Elohim, and he said, I will come. And he said, when I, when I come to this place, and he said, when I consume your sin, he said, I'll fulfill the law. And in fulfilling the law, that is the righteousness of God. And because that's the righteousness of God, and he said, I can now remove those things out of the way. That's what he's talking about in the book of Galatians, in the book of Ephesians, in the book of Philippians. When he talks about, he said, I'll remove those ordinances. He said, I, I blotted out those things. <coughs> I've removed them. So listen, that Mosaic law, it's been fulfilled. That stony law that brought the revelation of, of, transgression, of transgression. Remember this? Go back and read the last chapter or the last portion of Romans chapter number five. What did the law do? The law revealed sin, the knowledge of sin. He said, now listen, when the knowledge of sin was revealed, he said, I'll take those saints away. And then he said, I'll give you a heart of flesh. So friends, listen, and this heart of flesh is now where the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, this is now uh, where he resides because now we, but being made savable through the atonement of Calvary, can be indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. Not where the, not where the commandments abide anymore, but where the fulfillment of the Lord Jesus Christ now reigns. All right. I've said uh, more than a mouthful tonight. Now listen, I, I just want to read this right here. and I, I'll read down to verse number 9. And I'll be done. He said, now that which is born of the flesh, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, <clears throat> that which is the spirit is spirit. So he, 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 he draws a clear distinction here and he tells them, say, listen, uh, those that trust in the flesh, and, and Paul later elaborates on this in the book of Galatians, he said, listen, those that are in Romans as well, he said, those that sow to the flesh shall die in the flesh, but those that sow to the spirit shall also reap in the spirit. There is a distinction, being born from above or being born in the flesh. He said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So listen, he said, the, 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 wind, blow, the wind blows where it wants to, and, and, and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it, where it comes from 
or where it goes. And then he says, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. He said the same thing is true of everyone that's born of the Spirit. Boy, I'm thankful for the presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Aren't you glad? Listen, this is what Abraham and, and, and the Timberidge folks and all those that are acquainted with me and know that I quote this verse all the time. Uh, but in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, uh, Abraham says, this is why he said, I look for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Uh, friends, listen, uh, these are the things he desired and longed to look into and to see and to touch and to hold. Verse 9, uh, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? We've already discussed this. And then Jesus, <clears throat> he tells him in verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? I want to leave it right here tonight, uh, and let us all go home. Uh, you're already home. <laughs> I'm home. Let us go digest. Do we really understand these things? Have we really invested in these things? Are we invested in the local church? Are we invested in it to see what we can get out of it? Are we invested in it to see what it can become? When we read the, the apostolic fathers and the early church fathers, they made investments not of themselves. It, uh, in every circumstance, it cost all of them their lives. But it wasn't about them. They weren't doing it for them. They were doing it for Christ. I want to challenge us all, especially myself included. How do we not know these things? Have, have we not, have we not uh, uh, addressed these things uh, how are they getting by us? I, I, listen, I just want us all to take a deep self-examination, especially myself including. Listen, uh, if you don't think that pastors and preachers over the last six, seven, however many months this has been, if you don't think we've taken a close examination of where we are, where we stand, are we right with the Lord, are we doing what we need to be doing, uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, he, he made a statement to, and, uh, to me, and he said, listen, he said, there was about five months. I don't think that I'd done anything to benefit the church. <clears throat> Listen, I, I believe that every pastor around feels that way, that there's nothing that they've done that's been beneficial to the church. And uh, Friends, listen, uh, it, it's a battle and it's a struggle, but we must understand. Listen, this is what I was talking about and preaching about Sunday morning. We must come to the realization that we must accept the hand that we've been dealt. And that we're going to do the best and the most that we can for the kingdom of God. Are we willing to do the best and the most that we can for the kingdom of God with the hand that we're dealt? Paul did. He said, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith, therefore, to be content. Most of these things, and listen, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. All the epistles that he wrote were all written from jail. Because it cost him something. But he, was, he wasn't investing in himself. He was investing in what was coming behind God bless you tonight. We love you. We appreciate you. I hope the Lord keeps you and watches over you. Uh, good Lord willing, we'll meet with you this coming Sunday morning. We will be back in the fellowship hall again. I thought service went well Sunday morning. That was our first time back inside in several weeks. And, and we moved down to the fellowship hall. We've got ample room set up. We'd invite you to come and be part. And with us, we're still uh, live streaming on Facebook. 
in conjunction to live streaming on Facebook. If you still just want to come uh, be a part of us, but don't want to uh, join in, uh, in in the service with us in the fellowship hall, we have the radio transmitter set up. You can sit in the parking lot and see us through the window and listen on the radio. Uh, but uh, don't let this stop you <clears throat> from from being and making an investment. We 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 can we can change everything if we want to. All right. So let, let, let's stop. Myself, I won't say this to myself. Let's, let's don't feel. Let's stop feeling sorry for what we don't have or the way it used to be, and accept where we are and move forward. God bless you. We love you. Good Lord willing, as we say, we'll uh, see you Sunday morning.